Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So there are so many things that we talk about on this podcast that when you really think about it, weren't in anyone's five-year plan. For example, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife certainly wasn't how I saw my life turning out. Um, Getting divorced wasn't in my husband's five-year plan. And actually running an online platform and a coaching business inspired by my experiences as a stepmom definitely wasn't what I thought I was going to be when I grew up. But here we all are. Now, another thing that people never anticipate happening is being cheated on. And honestly, in my mind, it's one of the worst forms of betrayal. I cannot even imagine, and I have often joked to my husband that if he ever cheated on me, I would probably end up in jail. And I'm kidding, but kind of not. In episode 36, we chatted with Jacqueline Shaw. She is the co-host of the Spiritual Smackdown podcast, and we talked to her about how her and her husband actually recovered from infidelity, saved their marriage, and are now better than ever. But in this week's episode, I'm talking to Lauren McKinley, whose story ended up a little different, which is in divorce and ultimately being in a co-parenting relationship with her ex-husband and the other woman. Again, I cannot even imagine. Lauren is the author of Stop Wrecking My Home, a raw glimpse of how to survive a destroyed marriage. And in this episode, we dive into how to co-parent with an ex who has cheated on you and the woman he cheated on you with. We also dive into forgiveness, moving past trauma, mindsets around positive co-parenting relationships, and more. Let's just say Lauren is one hell of a woman. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to give you the lowdown on something extra special happening in the exclusive Stepmom community this month. So if you are not familiar, the exclusive Stepmom community is my online membership for stepmoms who are looking for connection and support and positive change in their lives. It is entirely off of social media and a space where we take all the conversations that we're having on social media and in this podcast to the next level. It's not just a chat forum for stepmoms, think Facebook group off of Facebook. We have exclusive monthly interviews with experts such as financial experts, family lawyers, divorce coaches, the publisher of Stepmom Magazine, and we tackle everything from how to save money on lawyers' bills to how to co-parent with a high-conflict ex to finances in a blended family and more. We have live monthly calls that we often refer to as Wine Wednesday, which are basically a virtual glass of wine where you can connect with other stepmoms and pick my brain. And I also pop in and do weekly check-ins and share raw and real musings, like off-the-cuff reflections about what I'm dealing with in my step family life in real time. And you have the option of seeking individualized one-on-one support from me in the Ask Jamie section of the forum. Basically, it's about raw, real, next-level conversations about stepmom life off of social media in a private and secure space, as in you can literally change your name if you want to remain completely anonymous. 
On top of all of that, this month, Darren and I are releasing a podcast episode for members only, where we share what we really think about the child support and legal system and what we do to cope with the unfairness in our blended family. Yeah, we're going there. And yeah, it's real talk. The episode is going to be available to anyone who is currently a member of the community or who signs up by November 15th. So if you're not in this, now is the time to take action. The doors close for the community on November 15th. So if you want to sign up and get more information, you can head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and uh, we will see you in the forum. All right. That's all I have to tell you about that. Super excited about the podcast episode, but I'm equally excited about this conversation. So let's dive right in. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jamie. Yeah, I am so excited to chat with you today because you have a different perspective than a lot of my guests who come on. So I cannot wait to hear where this conversation goes. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) for those who may not be familiar with you, do you want to just kind of give us a bit of the lowdown about you? Tell us about you and your family and what you guys got going on. Sure. Well, I am a wife and a mom of two. I am also an author and the founder of an online organization called Her Soul Repair, which is for women who are healing from divorce and betrayal. Uh, I went through a pretty crazy divorce, and the silver lining of that divorce was my daughter, who will be eight next month. So my ex-husband and I have since remarried, And um, my now husband and I have a son who is almost two. um, That kind of makes up our blended family. And we're all very involved. We share custody of our daughter. So she spends half the week with us and half the week with her dad and stepmom. And we just do our best to stay united and navigate this co-parenting dynamic um, in the best way we know how. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, well, in a lot of circumstances, it's it's just not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do, but you know, in your circumstance in particular, you talk about going through like a pretty messy divorce. Can you share kind of what, what went down there? Because you ended up writing a book um, called Stop Wrecking My Home. And that transpired after things that you went through in your own personal life. So can you share a little bit about what happened? Absolutely. Uh, Yes, my book is the story of my former marriage. Uh, My ex-husband ended up having an affair and leaving our marriage for the other woman. And I did not see it coming at all. Um, We, from my perspective, did not have a bad marriage I had always kind of bought into that stigma that the only reasons affairs happen are if men are in like awful sexless marriages um, with a horrible wife. (laughs) And that wasn't really our story. So it was very shocking. And I just kind of processed it day by day, doing the best I could to accept 
what had gone down and what was my new reality. And I think for me, I wanted to write my story down because when I was going through it, I didn't find the resources I needed that gave me hope and that showed me I wasn't really alone in this. Like the books I read were kind of somber and depressing and you're already kind of at a low point. You don't need (laughs) um, negative uh, feedback and negative advice. So the way that I wrote my book was kind of more of advice that helped me with real feelings that I felt during like the pit of the worst of the worst. And then um, just with some sarcasm in there as well, like things that people think but don't say. So I love hearing from readers that have read my book and just said, yes, you get it. Thanks for writing it this way um, because it wasn't really sugar-coated and that was my hope. I wanted women to know they weren't alone in what they were going through. And also I wanted to kind of break that stigma that your marriage doesn't have to look a certain way for it to end in divorce and your marriage doesn't have to look a certain way for your husband to have an affair. So that was kind of the purpose behind writing my story down. And um, I think that it has been of help to women who found themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing that because, you know, you talk about you, you wish you would have had this type of support. And that rings true for me as a stepmom, you know, the support that I created and the community that I created. I wish that I had that when I was going through the trenches. And I, I see a lot of female entrepreneurs creating creating a space that they just from their own needs. Right. And yes. even in doing that, I'm sure that was therapeutic for you as well. Oh, absolutely. It really was. And it gives like a greater purpose to what you had to go through because it's beyond yourself. You are helping now all of these women who, you know, may go through it in the future, may go through it right now, but it's you putting um, a greater purpose to the pain that you went through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you talk about the feelings that you felt and just trying to normalize those feelings and talk about those feelings. What did that, what did it feel like when this all went down? It's something that, you know, we can speculate and think about how we would feel, but what was it like to actually experience it? It felt like you were living in like a nightmare, like not believing that this is actually real life. Um, it felt like your life that you loved was abruptly taken from you. And the future that you had planned was abruptly taken from you. And then a step further, the future you had planned for your child. My daughter was one when this happened. So it's like she was just at the start of her little life. And now her future was looking so different. So it was Yeah. I mean, I try to frame it in a positive light for people who um, are going through it because there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is hope after divorce. But I mean, there's nothing easy about divorce. It's full of loss and grief and yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. very painful, very painful. 
It sounds like it's very much a loss of control, right? You have absolutely no control over a situation that you kind of felt like you did have control over. Right. I mean, no one goes into marriage thinking they'll get a divorce. It's kind of like you sign up for forever. So you never think that you are going to lose this union and the partnership and everything that goes into a marriage. Mm -hmm. And so what's your co-parenting relationship like now? Present day, I'm really proud of the dynamic we've created. And it has taken a lot of time, a lot of healing, a lot of forgiveness. It's by no means been an easy road, but for my ex and I, we always agreed on our parenting values and the way we wanted to raise our daughter. So even when our relationship wasn't at the best places, um, we could still interact in a way that was productive for our daughter. And we could have conversations of how we wanted to raise her and decisions we wanted to make. Um, and in the beginning, it was kind of more like business-like because I couldn't, and my emotions were too heightened to interact with him because of everything that had gone down. And so we would just keep it very like to the point about decisions regarding her and parenting. Um, but as time went on, and like I said, the healing happened, uh, our present day relationship is very cordial and fine. And uh, like, we're all very involved in decisions that pertain to her. So I'm proud of our present day dynamic, but it has taken time and intention. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Now, how early on did she, the other woman, become part of your daughter's life? So they stayed together during the entire process of our separation, divorce, and then ultimately when they got married. So I early on, I really didn't like her to be around my daughter because I didn't trust her intentions. Mm -hmm. um, and that was very early on, like when we were still going through the divorce. It hadn't even been final yet. Um, but as time went on and when I knew they were ultimately going to get married and I was, I think, engaged to be married at the time, um, it was about a three-year window between like news of the affair and the finality of the divorce and accepting like, okay, I think this is going to be my daughter's uh, bonus mom. I think they will end up getting married. So I had like a good chunk of time to process, heal, and accept this new reality. And that really helped in kind of the relationship we have today. Mm -hmm. And now did you, have you and her ever had a conversation about what happened before, like during the affair or is it just kind of move on? We did. Uh, we had a conversation, like I said, right around when it was apparent that they were going to get married, that it was, I think I had just got engaged. So uh, we did have a conversation and it was nice to clear the air and it was good to kind of 
get on the same page of like, okay, you are going to be a big part of my daughter's life. Um, I just need to know these things from you so that I can have peace of mind moving forward. And yeah, it was a good conversation. Obviously it was a hard conversation. Um, we didn't start in the best place, <laughs> but yeah. has been good for us. And it's not something we talk about often, especially present day, but I think it was a conversation that needed to take place if we were going to have a healthy relationship in the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're talking about the co-parenting piece, it is so important as adults that we keep our emotions out of co-parenting and it can be so hard, right? To keep those strong thoughts about the other parent, especially if it's high conflict or there's an affair or whatever it is that's going on. How did you get to this place where you could communicate and, you know, stick to the issue and always act in the best interest of your daughter when all of this stuff is obviously going on inside you? I think it just gets to the point where you have to just be the grown up and like suck it up and swallow your pride and realize it's not about you. <laughs> you know, like this is about your child and creating the family unit that is best for them. And yeah, it is hard. Like these people have hurt me a lot. You know, the past is something I look back on as like the hardest thing I've ever gone through. But we decided to leave the past in the past and move forward. And I think that's kind of the headspace that we just try to stay in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you have to kind of commit to that if you want to have a healthy uh, blended family and a healthy co-parenting dynamic. Yeah. And it's like a commitment that you need to recommit to all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what I think a lot of people, yeah. you know, I talk about a lot of strategies on the podcast and my platform. People say, well, how? How do you do that? How do you make that decision? Like, how do you stay committed to it? And it's literally commitment every single day to, you know, look at the big picture, to not engage, to, you know, always act in the best interest of the kids, to not sweat the small stuff. It's not easy. Yes. You're recommitting every day, if not several times a day, to the big picture. And even when you feel like you are in a good groove, like it's so funny because we really do pride ourselves in doing this well. And we've, you know, gotten in such a good groove and a good schedule and how we communicate with each other. But then it's like something will come up and it triggers like, oh, that, you know, feeling. And it's like, okay, just release it. Like, that's my, that's my word. Like anything, anytime something comes up where it like triggers a feeling or something from the past, I'm just like, take a deep breath. And I just say release, you know, and I have to let it go and not stay focused on it because that will just weigh me down and affect my next conversation with them. And it won't create a good ripple effect and it won't create the future that I want for my daughter. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that release. It's just like release the (laughs) bullshit. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) So I work with a lot of stepmoms who were the other woman. Um, and they struggle with dealing with the ex and for obvious reasons, sometimes I'll get these emails and it's this big, huge thing about why won't she let me play a role in, you know, my stepdaughter's life or why does she hate me? It's like, well, her husband had an affair with you. So why don't we start there? Like you didn't start things on the right (laughs) note here. There's obviously issues of betrayal and trust. So I'm going to say that might be the root of it. Um, (laughs) But what do you want them to know from the ex-wife's perspective? Like, what is it like from, from, you know, your side of things? Yeah. um, Well, I can kind of speak to our story and what has helped me. But like I'd mentioned earlier, I didn't always trust her intention because of how things started. And so, you know, giving the ex-wife a little bit of time to accept and process this is really helpful because, you know, it's never part of the original mama plan to share your children. So that is a hard thing that, you know, we go through, but it's harder when you're not fully trusting who this person is in your child's life. And what's helped me the most is just watching my daughter's stepmom care for my daughter and the love that she shows my daughter and the time she spends with her and just watching that develop over time and see that I really can trust her. She really does love my daughter. And um, just watching their relationship develop and seeing over time, okay, her love is consistent and she isn't going anywhere. And just kind of watching it develop has been so helpful for me. So Mm -hmm. I think as, you know, the stepmom, just keep showing the ex-wife how much you care for the child. And giving her some space and some grace to just kind of process the changes on their own time. Because I think a lot, like empathy goes a long way and you have to put yourself in the ex-wife's shoes. And that's just a tough pill to swallow, especially if they weren't the ones who wanted to end the marriage, right? They have, yeah. are watching, they're watching this other woman essentially live the life that they thought they were going to have. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I think that time piece, and I know you had spoke about it on a recent episode where you said, you know, stepmoms feel like they have to like, jump in full force and take on that role, which is amazing. And I think it's awesome to see, um, you know, stepmoms wanting to be that involved, but it also can be pretty abrupt for the ex-wife to watch it go from like zero to a hundred, um, with their child and another parent. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. And I even think back to when I had Reese. So Reese is our daughter. And it really did give me a perspective from a mother's side of things because I didn't have that mm-hmm. lens before I had her, right? Because I didn't have children coming right. into this. And I started to realize a lot of the things that I had done as a stepmom, how that would 
how I would have felt if there was another woman doing that for my baby. And it was kind of like, uh, that would not be happening. (laughs) I would not be okay with it. So I do think there is this element of, yeah, baby steps. I think stepmoms have this, feel this urge to dive right in and to take over and to just prove their worthiness of being in the kids' lives and being this parental figure. But you know, time and time again, and we talked about this in the exclusive stepmom community during uh, um, one of the videos this month with uh, Brenda from Stepmom Magazine. She is the Mm -hmm. publisher. And she was saying, you know, just slow down. Stepmoms should really just like slow down and let everyone kind of get used to the situation and take baby steps as you become involved. And I think especially in the situation you and I are talking about, that would be the best case because everyone just needs to kind of get used to things. It's it's a transition for everyone. Yes. And it's amazing to see. I mean, we're about three years in now, and it's just amazing to see how much easier it's gotten and how much more natural everyone seems with each other and I just, I know it's like the old cliche about, you know, time and it can heal, but it really does help. Like in the beginning, it just didn't feel natural and it was hard to watch. And now I can say that it has gotten easier. Mm -hmm. Have you forgiven her and forgiven your ex? Well, like we said before, I would say yes, but forgiveness is a continual choice. I think it is a commitment to the choice and not the feeling. And I decided early on that I wanted to model that forgiveness to our daughter for one, but unforgiveness will weigh you down. Like the bitterness and the unforgiveness Mm -hmm. within myself, if I didn't deal with that would have weighed me down and it would have, you know, trickled into other relationships, which I didn't want. So yeah, I feel like I definitely have committed to forgiving them. And I think, again, in what you're modeling to your child, it's like you can't punish someone forever for a mistake they made. And we always say, like, it's not about the mistake, but how you clean up the mess. And, mm-hmm. you know, my ex and his wife are amazing parents to our daughter. and are always there for her. And present day, it's like, I couldn't ask for anything more. Even if how we got here isn't the best story. It's like, it's better than having um, him marry someone who resents my daughter or doesn't like being around her or isn't interested in having a relationship with her. Yeah, absolutely. And when I think about forgiveness myself, I often come back to Well, using the word acceptance instead of forgiveness, you know, just accepting like this is my reality and I am not going to let this bog me down. I'm not going to let this define me and define my future. You just have to accept things for what they are. For sure. And it's like, you know, I'm a big fan of just exactly what you said, accepting reality. It's like, yeah, this may have been something awful that they did to me, but it doesn't change the fact that present day, we're all in one blended family unit working to raise our daughter well. Mm -hmm. And there can't be unforgiveness and tension and resentment 
in that family unit if we want to accomplish what we all, you know, are here for, which is raising her well, you know? Absolutely. Now, moving past trauma and betrayal, like it involves a lot of personal work. You, you really have to focus on yourself. What did that look like for you? I'm sure there was a huge process that you needed to work through on your own to get to the place that you're at right now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this was not a rushed process for me. Um, our separation and divorce lasted two and a half years. So there was a lot of healing, a lot of grieving that took place. I went through a lot of therapy, support groups, just intentional work. I was off social media. I was really like particular about what I let in to my headspace and to my heart. Um, I made a lot of like single friends because at the time my friend group were all like married um, with kids and it was just hard to be around that. And so I just made some new friends, like someone I could go on a hike with or go to happy hour with. And um, I didn't date anyone. I was, I always say I was like obnoxiously single. I like (laughs) wouldn't even like talk to anyone because I just wanted to heal and become kind of whole again and just take on this new version of myself. I was, you know, went from a missus back to a miss, you know, it was a lot of like taking on this new identity. I was a single mom and I just really took the time I needed. I didn't rush it. And I think it's really awesome to see because, yeah, it was an agonizing and long two and a half years. But by the time I met my now husband, I was in such a healthy place and I had done so much healing and had recovered from the trauma that when I met him, it was like I really was ready to start a relationship again. Yeah. And that's the thing. You have to do things on your own time and process things at a, at a rate that works for you. And I think a lot of times people have trauma happen or they have something happen in their life and they just want to move past it right away. And, you know, you've got to have those nights where you're crying on the floor. Like you, I do really believe that unless you fully process things that happen in your life, you're never going to fully move forward and they're going to end up just, you know, creeping their way into your new relationships. It just kind of happens again and again. Absolutely. And so much of it was like grieving. Like you talk, oh, we talked about earlier, like divorce is just full of so many like little losses. And you have to grieve like each one, you know, you're grieving a future, you're grieving a partner, you're grieving your next kids. Like it's so item by item. And for me, I just would take the time to grieve and process through all of the losses. And that really helped in my healing and like in my accepting of, okay, this is your life. And Your future is not defined by what happened. Your worth is not defined by a husband who cheated on you, you know, and just kind of like reframing the story so that I was confident in my future. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I think that people also, unless they've been through divorce, don't realize how much of your life is changed by it. You know, your friends group, it's changed. You know, if you have couple mm-hmm. friends, it puts the couple friends in kind of an odd position. Like, do we stay friends with both? Do we pick sides? You know, like just your social events, you know, who you used to sit with at the arena when you're, you know, have your kids at extracurricular sports, like just so yes. much of your life is intertwined with your relationship status and a lot of changes happen. And that's, I think that's the part of the grieving process that a lot of people don't fully understand. Like it's, it's maybe, it may not even be your partner. It's everything that came with the life that you had and the life that you thought you were going to have. Yeah. You said it perfectly. And that's exactly it. It's just, it's such a ripple effect and there are so many little things that unless you've gone through it or unless you've seen a close um, friend or family member go through it, you don't realize how many little pieces go into the loss of a marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can speak to that from a, a stepmom, from a stepmom perspective. There's a lot of, there was some grieving that I had to do with the type of family that I thought I was going to have. Right. And, oh, yeah. you know, I remember the first time I ever heard someone say, you have to kind of grieve the life you would have had. And I remember thinking that is just a little extreme, like grieving, yeah. you know, like Sounds let's just, dark. <laughs> let's dial that back a notch. But then as I got into my new life, I realized there's a lot of things that I didn't think would play a role in my life as a stepmom that very much do. And I had to grieve that, that a lot of things don't look the way that I thought they would. Yeah. And it's like the past is always a little bit in your life because Mm -hmm. of co-parenting. Yeah. It's not like you can just get rid of an ex, right? When you're co-parenting, you know, (laughs) when you don't have kids, you can just like, see you later, shitty ex, like off you go. You don't have to think about them again. You just kind of take the lessons and move forward. But when you have a kid, they're constantly in your life. And so it's a constant source of stress and even more lessons, I guess. I know it's so true. And when in my community, you know, I think women who get divorced and they don't have kids, I'm always like, but at least now this can be like a clean break. Mm -hmm. Um, and they often grieve that they didn't have children. And I also see that side. Like, I feel like our daughter gave purpose to our union, like something that was so painful for me, there was purpose in our union because our daughter came from it. It's like, well, hello. Yeah, that's amazing. And so I, I kind of remind myself that when I'm like, well, this would have been easier if it was just a clean break, Mm -hmm. never have to see you again. But it's like, I do it all over for my daughter, you know, how it is being a mom. It's like, yeah, it's It's the best thing. Yeah. So, so good. So awesome. Yeah. Good to remember. So remember, what do you hope that women get out of reading your book? Well, like I said, I really wrote the book that I needed during my divorce. So I know it sounds cliche, but I just hope that women feel less alone in what they're going through and that they can take what helped me and apply it to them. And also just kind of break that stigma. Like I want, and this goes with blended families too. I want to break the stigma 
that comes from divorce and betrayal for one, but also that comes from being in a blended family. And um, where my book was written before we were in an official blended family, so there's not much on co-parenting in the book. It's more of how I got through the affair and the divorce. But I think my hope for sharing my story and putting it out there is that women would be helped by it and they would see the hope that can come from even like the worst and most heartbreaking situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it really does sound like a tool that helps people plow through those feelings of shame and embarrassment, because that does happen when you're cheated on, when you feel yeah. like you've been betrayed. It's it's almost like you internalize it and think it's something that you've done wrong when that's not the case. Yeah, it definitely um, took some time to rebuild my confidence. And I think that's a lot of what I hope my book does, too, is yeah, you're feeling at a low point because of what happened, but this is not who you are. This is something that happened to you. Mm-hmm. I think I love what I was looking up your book online and when it was in the description, it says the path you have endured may have broken your heart, but it does not have to break you. Yeah. Like that, and that, that is so good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt. It's you have to look to the future with hope and you have to take what you've gone through. And, um, you know, it's always a part of me for sure, but it has opened up this whole new like passion and community. And now it's ultimately like the work that I do. And that's what I love about your community as well. It's like, you know, you didn't know this was going to be your life. And now you no. have this huge, <laughs> now you have this huge platform and you're helping so many stepmoms. I mean, it's really awesome. Yeah, no, this was not in my plan at all in so many respects, but yeah, that's how life works. I know. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm going to link your book for everyone in uh, the description so they can grab a copy. And I just appreciate your time so much and for you sharing your story with us. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.